it's time for the Picture House Podcast with your hosts, Sam and Simon. Please ensure that your mobile phone is switched off, refrain from smoking, and keep conversation to a minimum. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show! Thank you so much for talking to us today, Vicky. We are really excited to play The Phantom Fred in our cinemas and excited to talk to you today. Hello. We, we always play Paul Thomas Anderson's films and our audiences love him, as they should, because he's a brilliant filmmaker. We've seen Paul Thomas Anderson collaborate with Daniel Day-Lewis, your co-star in this film, but not with you before. How did, you, how did Phantom Fred come to you, first of all? Uh, well, it came to me in, I think, the most simple, classic, old way so I was asked to audition and I auditioned and I sent my audition tape. <laughs> what goes through your head when you, you sort of see an audition for a Paul Thomas Anderson film come your way? Um, I didn't Oh wow. because I believe that the work is more interesting, more important than the name. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be misled by if it's someone famous or if it's someone I know. Or So I always try and skip the name and mm-hmm. see the script. That's what I always do. In this case, I did it again and I opened the script. Of course, I didn't expect that Paul Thomas Anderson was the name I was skipping. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I recorded the tape and I sent it. And when my agent called me to say that the director was very pleased, he was asking for my phone number. And I said, yeah, yeah, of course. She was suspicious because she saw that I was so cool. You know? She <laughs> said, do you know who the director is, and then I said, oh, no, you're right, I didn't read the name. Uh, who, who, no, it's, it's some student film, no? Because I, in the meantime, thought, because when I opened the document, it wasn't a script, but it was just some lines. Oh, really? I thought maybe it's someone from, because it said London in the, in the email, so I thought maybe it's someone from London making a short movie or a student, someone trying and find a script. But no, it was just an extract of a Paul Thomas Anderson script. <laughs> <laughs> And when I found out, I was very, very happy and excited. And yeah, as you can imagine. What a nice surprise. Yeah. So after you, you send your tape in, what, what happens next? Do you have a meeting in the room and, and do a, like a live audition? Or did you have the job at that point? Uh, no, it, Paul um, called me uh, and that was nice. And we just talked over the phone. I don't remember. I was probably too nervous. <laughs> and he said he was going to come to Berlin and he came to Berlin. So I invited him in my apartment and we sat down and we read the script once and then I took him with me and I wanted him to see a theater player, I think, and we didn't get in and so we decided to go and have lunch. And yeah, it was lovely. And then in the end of it, he just said, come to London. So I knew, okay, I will come to London. And to London I went one week after. That was in June and I met Daniel there with Paul and we sat down and read the script, me and Daniel. And it was a very special experience because... Already reading it, it felt like the movie was in a room. Mm. I can't really explain it. It was really f- special. And uh, it explained how I could stay cool and not be too nervous working with them. Because I think on that day, I understood that something was connecting us. Something about this meeting had to happen and was obvious. And I tried to relate to this more than being nervous that this is Daniel De lewis and this is Paul Thomas Anderson and, and that I'm just no one. <laughs> I think it, it sounds like it's uh, quite a special and very intimate experience. Like it sounds unusual, you know, it, it seems like quite a cool process. The director flying over to Berlin, having sort of a day out, getting to know each other rather than going into like a corporate office and doing all of the business sort of stuff. I know. But, you know, it's interesting you ask this because all of the questions that I'm being asked now, you know, about Hollywood and about the award season and about all of these things, 
What is funny, and and then the person who asked the question mostly surprised that I stayed so calm or that I'm calm now. The thing is, but that's not what it's about, you know. I agree with you because mostly it is different, but mm. actually the way that Paul did it is the only way to do it. Mm. And I just don't see why you won't do it like this. Why would? Why do people do it differently? Because mm. it's about meeting people. It's about talking about the script more than going to some office and trying to please someone because mm. that's what you that's what you foolishly do then you know you try and and make a good impression you try and you know and each person is trying to make an impression and the other one is trying to be someone in power of something and the other one is trying to please and 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 so you get lost and you and, and you lose the the thing and it's not about the, the actual work anymore and i feel like the way this film was made, you know, it, it benefits the audience. It benefits the final film exactly. because on screen it feels so unique. Exactly, it's such a special film to watch. Yes, exactly. And everything about the movie, and about how the movie was made, was natural and human. Mm. And now what you see in the film is natural and human, and obviously, human beings relate to it. And it just makes me laugh how people go, "Oh wow, this is a surprise that people are." Why? Oh, there are people and they have feelings and yes, they relate to real feelings. I think it, it sort of shows that there's maybe a lack of this type of film available yes, to people in cinemas. Absolutely. And there's most of all a lack of trust into the audience that they are able to relate to this kind of films and that they are able to open their hearts and, and, and respond with their feeling to a feeling which is going on on screen. Mm. It's the same with, you know, you, you will show it in 70 millimeters, you said, and it's the same with this whole digital and film discussion. Like, I always say to people, you cannot fool me, you know. Digital may be as great as it, as it is and it may be even better and become even better. If I watch, you know, a film or a photograph from my childhood, it will always look like a photograph from my childhood and it does so because of the grain. Mm. So, And this is only because of the film. It's not because of the print. It's because it was made on film. And you have an energy that comes from the grain just on a pure physical basis, you will never be able to copy in a digital way because it's it's digital, it's numbers, it's not mm. something you can grab and hold on to. So I think it's super important that we keep film alive and that we watch it and that we show people what kind of feeling you can get, what kind of experience you can get from it. Absolutely. I think it's really important when, especially when filming people, filming actors, because Film is a moving, living thing, and so are actors. Exactly. It captures this like, energy, which you just don't get. I always feel digital leaves me a bit cold. <laughs> exactly. No, it's absolutely true. It's uh, the, the camera, I mean, the camera kind of stays the same, but for me, the camera is always like a living thing too. It's mm. like a strange creature between machine and, and living eye, and mm. I never really understood how it works, but I found it fascinating. And I just yesterday... I spoke to this director, an English director, and we spoke about it so long that it is this mystery and it will always stay a mystery, but that's what makes it so great because there's something going on between camera mm. and the person which you cannot explain. How does the camera see my feeling? How? Like, the camera can see my thought in my eyes. Mm. Even if I close my eyes, the camera will see my thought. How does that work? There's just nothing to explain it. 
but it's what makes everything. Absolutely. And fewer films are being shot on film, so I think we should celebrate and talk about the format. Yes. So customers, so audiences get to know what they're watching. Exactly. And then they'll be able to see the difference. Absolutely. And then they'll be able to support the things they like watching. Absolutely. Just on filming, so you shot the film in, in London for a large part in this amazing looking house. Yeah. It looks like you're actually shooting in a real house in the film. Is that is that the case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in a house on Fitzroy Square. Oh, wow. And uh, we were in this house the whole time. And I think the neighbors were very upset <laughs> because, oh, my God, because it was their square and it was, you know. But we tried to be um, polite. Um, no, we were in this house the whole time. Yeah. Was it interesting moving the film crew <laughs> yeah. around to get the angles? <laughs> I think for the technicians, it was a pain in the ass because there was no elevator. So they had to get everything up and down and up and down. For us, the actors, it was luxury because being able to, you know, just move from one room to the next in one house. I mm. mean, that's 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 what you want. That sounds ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to wrap up. But thank you so much for talking to us and for this wonderful film. I, I really loved it. And I think our audience saw too. I hope so too. Thank oh, you very much. Thank you, much. Vicky. Thank you. You have been listening to the Picture House podcast, a Picture House's production brought to you by Picture House Cinemas. We would like to thank everyone who works at Picture House Cinemas and everyone who has ever attended a screening of a film at a Picture House Cinema. Thanks for listening and see you next week.